I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Ladies and gentlemen, Everybody, this is Wildcat Radio 2.0. I'm Adam Green. Got Brett Barry and Ronnie Stolfo for this show. It's a big show, guys. Since the last time we recorded on Wildcat Radio 2.0, news came down Arizona, the NOA. We learned, I guess, the report of what was in it. And the one question I have after reading all of it is, what the hell is going on with Augie Bush and the women's swimming and diving program? Really, really a black mark on Arizona sports is the <laughs> swimming and diving program. Right? Like, I mean, come on. What, what's going on here? We really need to get to the bottom of that. No, I mean, we should. That'd be nice to get to the bottom of that, too. But, Ronnie, Brett, the NOA, we knew what came out last weekend. And then over the weekend, I think it was on Sunday, it leaked as what was in it. U of A wasn't going to tell anyone because, like, why would we do that? We don't have to. But The Athletic had an article about it. And it's not great. <laughs> Was it nine instances of misconduct, five level one violations for the entire school? That includes swimming and diving, which is like cool. Curveball. Yeah, right. Like obviously, that didn't get most of the, most of the focus, which is fair because everyone's expecting or waiting for this to happen for men's basketball. Sean Miller in that program for the last three years, and we saw this, and then you saw the like the back and forth between Arizona's lawyers and the NCAA. It's like, all right, you know, hold on to your butts, buckle up, whatever you want to say. Here we go because. This isn't, I think, Brett, you said last week, it's like the beginning of the end or the end of the beginning, and it looks like this is the beginning of the end, but we just don't know how far down the road that end is. Yeah, I, it's, it's funny because we, we, have, we have a bit more information, right? Like, I think the one thing we know is that, you know, we've talked about in the past that we didn't, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if the NCAA tried to make a, a very uh, clear example of Arizona as that program that's just big enough and just small enough to throw the book at completely. Uh, or I wouldn't have been surprised if, given what we know, like if the, the the scheme movie was basically everything that's out there, that ain't it, right? <laughs> that's not enough to 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 get the, the death penalty or the postseason ban. But, of course, NCAA, so... They have the, uh, you know, ethics and consistency of FIFA if they improved themselves. Um, so the one thing I think we do know is that the NCAA and Sean Miller in Arizona aren't getting along very well because it seems like most of what they talked about was more like, why didn't you give us your internal report? And, like, I guess fair point, but, like, I don't know if that's enough to, you know, throw the book at them. Uh, I'm, I'm very curious to know what information the NCAA has and what Arizona has in their 
in their internal report that they did not share. And it sounds like they're going to go through that kind of, I forget what the term was, the arbitration essentially, where they had, instead of a, a standard appeal process, where one would think that they're going to, all that information is going to come to light in that process, whether or not that be, leaks and becomes public, you know, we'll see. But I, I don't know if you know anything more than the NCAA is trying to make an example, at least a little bit of Arizona. Well, but do I don't know, know how much they have. What we do know is that neither Arizona nor the NCAA will be a part of each other's Zoom Christmas parties this year. You know, they're not going to be invited to either one of them. They're not getting along. Ronnie, we brought you in for this show, especially because obviously you've been following this story for the last three years. And it seems like there is a lot to talk about. And yet there's nothing to talk about, like Brett said. Like, yeah, OK, now we have a better idea of what's what Arizona is being accused of. But that doesn't mean anything other than they're being accused of that right now. Yeah, I this this whole thing, there, there was a piece of me last weekend when it came out and it was just a little bit of closure, that feeling of closure to the sense really? of like, all right, this is finally going to happen. Let's just let's just take the penalty. Let's just move on. Right. I mean, I, sooner or later, there is a legitimate concern there. There's legitimate allegations to say that there is a lack of institutional control, no matter how you cut it. I don't care about, you know, money. If Deandre Eaton got paid any of that, right. Let's say all of that anyway is proven that didn't happen. Right. I mean, at this part, the Mark Slaboff stuff seems that, uh, that, that there's not much legitimacy there. So that to me, you can rule that out. Um, I, the bottom line to me is the lack of institutional control. And they, the NCAA has shown in the past that they will come down on you for that. So in my mind, it's like, all right, let's just maybe let's just take the postseason ban this year. Um, is, is there a better year to take a postseason ban? Like, why, why draw this thing <laughs> I, out? You know what I mean? Like, I know I, the argument, it, though, against like I mean, we don't know what the NCAA's punishment is. Right. If they said it's just going to be a one year postseason ban, maybe Sean Miller suspended for 10 games and you lose two scholarships for a couple of years. That wouldn't be the worst thing in the world, right? Like, you look at this and as Aaron O'Fan, you'd be like, yeah, okay, I don't like this, but you did something wrong, and it's not going to be the death penalty for the program. At the same time, if Arizona believes, and I have to think for the last three years the way they defended Sean Miller and the program, that they believe they have some evidence or something that will exonerate all of them, then you have to fight. And I don't well, know if, like, the last three years of them saying we're just going to kick the can down the road and sooner or later we're going to have to deal with this, but we're going to let someone else do that. Maybe Dave Hickey's like, yeah, well, we'll let some other AD, when I get fired, let that person clean up this mess. Maybe, but I tend to believe that Arizona did their own investigation, whether it's Steptoe and Johnson, the law firm that did their investigation. They've had all the conversations. They have a lot of evidence. Clearly they have more evidence than the NCAA has. And through all that, they seem to believe that they're – if not innocent, not, they're not guilty, you know? And it seems like a lot of a lot of oomph they're putting in this, where if a year from now it comes out, they're like, yeah, yeah, well, we know he did it. Like, really? Like, is that is that where they're going? Is that the path they're going down? Understanding that they're probably going to get busted, but they're waiting as long as they can to let it happen? I have a hard time with that. Two counters, and then and then Brad, I, I absolutely love seeing your face, by the way. It's been far too long, and I want, I want to hear your pretty voice swoop back on this, too. But two, two thoughts on that, Adam, first. And then, so really, I guess it's three, but two parts to the, to the first piece here. Um, Sean Miller is so dug in at this point. Uh, him, him saying when this whole thing happened that he pledges a million dollars to give back if he's proven guilty. You know, at this point, if he's guilty or not, I mean, he's pretty dug in that like, sure. I'm going to fight this to the end. The other piece to part one here is that 
this situation is so much bigger than Dave Hickey is is capable of handling. I think like <laughs> he had. Come on, look, mid majors. That's when the, you know Central Michigan. All that's great, and and I think overall he's done an okay job. I think that you know uh, Greg Byrne just left him a dumpster fire of a job, and he's had to come in and clean up what he can. And overall, you could argue he's he's done okay. That's fine. Um, Moving on, though, it's like get, getting back to the thought of like, let's let's just wrap this thing up. Is this kind of like in the judicial system where the, there's the idea of like um, you're charged with something? And if you play, if you take the plea deal, uh, it's less harsh than what happens if you fight and then you go to this independent resolution panel, because it seems like at that point, like all decisions are final. And it's like, all right, well, you're definitely going to take it, you know. I think that I understand. I'm pretty sure I read that Oklahoma State is doing that independent re- resolution panel as well. Um, they got the postseason ban. They were one of the four schools that were part of that Book Richardson thing. It seems like that's a likely comp for us in terms of, of, of what the punishment would be. Postseason ban, again, it's like, let's just get it over with, man. Like, let's just close the chapter and move on. Brett, do you, do you agree with that? So, a couple things. First, I, I agree with Ronnie. I miss you. Um, I saw it. Uh, 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 when you were talking about Dave Hickey, like letting somebody else clean this up, I'm like, I was thinking to myself, I don't think Dave Hickey is, shall we say, advanced enough to go full Pete Carroll and just like bolt. Well, there goes that right Dave before... Hickey on Wildcat Radio 2.0. So great job, guys. <laughs> I, I, I will bow out. I'll, I'll, I'll be the fall guy on this one, so you guys can interview him. I'd be I'd be careful being on the records by saying uh, you'll be the fall guy while discussing the NOA. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's very fascinating to me. I think if Arizona gets anything less than a postseason ban, the the program, the school, and the fans would take that in a heartbeat. But my understanding of the way the independent review thing that Oklahoma State's also doing is, like you said, it's it's all or nothing which I don't think if you've committed to that route, I don't think it's like a trial where you can be saying you're going to trial up until you reach an agreement, right? You know, it's whatever um, they decide is it. So, you lay all your cards on the table, provide all the evidence, and they independently yeah. display. They're just like, here's what we think, here's the punishment. And that's I, my My gut tells me that the most likely outcome of that, not necessarily from a what that person deci- or that panel decides, is that I think Arizona probably has evidence that disproves the most public things, like, but it'll be things that don't make the program look good, which leads back to what Ronnie was saying of the institutional control. Like, I think the DeAndre and Schlaubach, like, stuff has been basically revealed to be uh, misinformation. Yeah, questionable right. at best. I mean, I'm on the record Damn saying you, that. But like, I bet they, I bet Arizona has some recording of Sean Miller saying something along the lines of, "You, I didn't pay." You know DeAndre Ayton, hundred grand. You think I'm going to give that to Brian Bowen? Who is Brian Bowen? Was the is the name that make, makes the most sense in the timeline? Mm-hmm. And like, does that that exonerates Sean Miller in one sense? Let's just <laughs> live in this world where my presumption there is is reality. Arizona has that. They don't want to reveal that because that doesn't make Sean Miller look great. Because it doesn't also exonerate him completely in terms of like making him look good, but it also doesn't prove that he paid anybody. And I think that is probably the type of evidence that Arizona's going to have that's like, it doesn't make you look great, and it doesn't make you look innocent, but what do you... The NCAA has to, at some point, you know, you have the right to face your accuser, ostensibly, and to make a, a court of law uh, reference kind of thing, right? But it's not a court of law. 
That's what we have no, to remember but, with the NCAA. Well, and that's, court of and, law. That's, and that's where I think Ronnie is right, where it comes back to, you know, the lack of institutional control. Boy, that's sure in the eye of the beholder, right? Which is why, um, if you're Arizona, you don't want the NCAA to have a part of this ruling. You're arguing that they are way too biased. Yeah. That they want to make an example of you, like you were saying, Brett, that they want to take Arizona as a big program, but not too big a program. They want to make the example, and especially after all the attention this has gotten the last three years. Like, I wonder, without the Schleybaugh report, if this is as much heat on Arizona, right? Because before it was like, okay, Book Richardson, whatever, let the trial happen. And once that report came, it's like, yep, Sean Miller did it. And obviously, we know, we've since learned that that wasn't, at least that report wasn't terribly accurate, at least the major parts of it. But that changed the entire narrative. So now if you're the NCAA, you certainly can't let Arizona get off with nothing. Like, you've the, yeah. they've been the poster child for this whole thing. Like, every article, like I saw, I think it was, uh, was it Pete Dammel's article on Yahoo? It's like, you know, all about the NCAA coaches being able to skirt the rules, this and that. And he mentioned, like, I think Sean Miller, and he's like, Oklahoma State, Bill Self. But three quarters of the article is about Arizona and Sean Miller and Dave Hickey and Robert Robbins. It's like, he's like, yeah, here we're talking about all the coaches. But here's basically an article calling out Arizona. And if you're well, an NCAA, you can't let Arizona get away with this, even if Arizona can come out and say, here's this evidence we have. We know it doesn't make us look good, but it also proves that what you're accusing us of is inaccurate. You think the NCAA cares at this point? They're Tommy Lee Jones in the fusion. If he doesn't, they don't care whatever the evidence is because they've made their case and they have to do something with this. So two things to that. I think <laughs> I think a lot of good the meat. Hold all right. The fugitive? I mean... Yeah, no, I, I, I do like the reference. That's good. I was I was trying to come up with the semi sequel uh, movie that had Wesley Snipes in it, but the name is the title is not coming to me. So I was going to try to work that into my response, and I you know it's been a long day. I'm just is not there. How about enemy? How about Enemy of the State? Will Smith? Does that work? <laughs> Maybe I, don't, no, I can't it's... quote that one so well. <laughs> no, there was one that was like a quasi sequel that, that yeah, anyway it had, had a lot Downey of the same. Junior in it, and Wesley. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it wasn't very. Uh, good. Marshalls. Yes, oh, that's the one. Oh, it was U.S. Marshals. Yeah. Um, anyway, <laughs> that was a long way to go down that tangent. Um, we got there. We got there. <laughs> so, so, two, so two things to that. I think, and I don't think this is just us speaking as Arizona fans. Like, I've, I'm on the record of saying that, and I have some friends who are not inherently Arizona fans, but they're pretty, like, knowledgeable of, like, college sports and have some, like, mild acquaintance connections to things of, like, athletic departments around the country. Uh Arizona is, like I said, is just big enough and just small enough to be a nice target, right? And every school, uh, newsflash, every single one of these schools that is accused absolutely has skirted the rules, including sure. Arizona. Um, it's just a matter of once someone gets caught, everybody it's a prisoner's dilemma thing, right? Where everybody's going to be, they're going to throw another shovel full of dirt on top of the program that has the most publicity because it's to their benefit to bury the, the example, right? And I think that I think that that has happened a lot in the last three years. And far be it for me to accuse ESPN of perhaps favoring the SEC in football <laughs> and ACC in basketball. But you know, I, I said I'm curious to hear Ronnie's opinion. I don't know if you listened to last week, Ronnie, but I said maybe the best thing for Arizona in terms of avoiding a postseason ban was the revelations of Zion Williamson and Duke, uh, because Duke I've been told numerous times is doesn't have to cheat. Um, but now that that got made like. Honestly, that evidence is much more uh, – there's much more evidence there than anything has come out against Arizona in the public sphere, and that doesn't get the media coverage. But if you're going to throw the book at Arizona, how do you not throw the book at Duke and call me a cynic, but 
I really, really, really don't think the NCAA or even the this independent board wants to do that because you're going to end up with a March Madness bracket that has, you know, the, the bottom half of the Power Five conferences and, like, you know, half of the West Coast conference in it. Nobody wants to live in a world where Virginia Tech and Iowa State are <laughs> playing for the national championship. That's for sure. I agree with that. I, I, yeah, I, honestly, that that's probably the best way to say it because from the very beginning, I never understood why everyone was chasing Arizona so hard on this when there have been blatant incriminating evidence against so many other programs. It, it's just like so like so for 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 Arizona, right? Um Yes, all that stuff that that happened early on. They were part of the, I guess, the twelve schools, but four of them were identified. And then it was, you know, like the DeAndre Ayton thing, and then just the whole Mark Slaybaugh thing. Fine, whatever. But I, I mean, I don't have another reasonable theory other than we are just big enough and just small enough that it won't tank college basketball or 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 that top tier, right? Because if you if you take down one of the top tier programs, Duke, you take them down. Uh, how do you how do you not go after Kansas? I mean, Kansas is probably just as egregious as Duke is in this case, right? So well, um, they'll sell text I, messages and everything, but yeah, who's to say what those text messages that clearly say what his intentions were? Who's to say what those really mean? Well, and then the converse of that is is LSU big enough to make the example of right? And LSU, I would argue, has more evidence against them than Arizona and Sean Miller has, right? Is that is that, is that because of. though is is that because LSU has has football that is, I mean, much larger than life? I mean, are, is is that because we are such a small pond or such a small fish in this pond that like, um, why not why not drop the hammer on us, make us the example, but then. But but again, that's not going to deter people from doing this. I mean, it's still no. going to continue. So like, who, who, like, what, what, what really is the example here, though? You know, that, that's the whole other thing that I can't quite understand. It really seems to me, and I was saying earlier, is that the NCAA kind of they have to do something because this has been a three-year process, and they were hopefully they were hoping the FBI probably would come down hard on these huge coaches and these big programs. And the FBI's like, we don't care. Like, we don't care about your rules. We got Russia yeah. hacking our. They're they're looking for criminal. They're looking for criminal acts. They're not looking for skirting the rules of college basketball that a lot of people think aren't fair to begin with to the players. So at this point, though, they're so invested that they have to do something. And if you're Arizona, that's exactly the reason why you fight, especially if you think you have something on your side, is because you say, like, we're not going to be made an example of. Like, no, not us. And I don't know, like, we got to take a break soon, but before we do, like, guys, I'm curious, like, what – what type of penalty if they just said this is what we're going to do to you what would you what like what's your what's your threshold what line would you say you know what if this is what they offered take the plea bargain and move on with your program's future because i'm sure there is one out there Brett, like you were saying but it doesn't sound like a program that has five level ones four for the basketball team institutional control would get the slap on their wrist like if the NCAA is doing that it's because they think they have huge stuff and if they have huge stuff they don't give you a plea bargain. You know, they, they throw the book at you. So I'm curious, like, what we think they would do and what you guys and myself, we all have our, we would take this. But I'm just curious what that is. Two thoughts. I mean, I, I, I think that it's easily negotiable to just say, hey, just ban us for this upcoming postseason. Just ban us for it. Um Please don't reduce scholarship. You know what I mean? Like you can negotiate this to be like, look, we'll sit this out and then we'll just call it good. 
Um, that's my threshold because the the scholarship thing gets kind of messy just a little bit. I mean that that has longer effects, right? Because mm-hmm. right now, um, right now, I mean it doesn't really seem like Jason Terry and Sean Miller and Jack Murphy for that in, for that matter are, are really struggling with recruiting right now. Even though with this large, the largest black cloud that we have had over us now, really probably since that news broke back in, in September. 2017 um they're not having issues recruiting so i think that scholarship reductions would become a massive issue because right now i'm even wondering i'm looking at some of these names i mean uh shane dizoni right like so he just committed um we're talking about maybe getting a couple others the ncaa just granted an extra year of eligibility for the likes of ira lee ira lee's probably not leaving so like we, we were counting on that scholarship to free up and we have all these freshmen like i it, it's a it's a complete numbers game so i mean that's, that, that, a, that's a long like what if they uh, what if they remove scholarships it, 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 and they have all these guys under scholarship do they say all of a sudden now you're off scholarship like you can't do that if you do that if you do that and you're arizona you should absolutely fling that back in the ncaa's face and be like oh they're just trying to take away from these kids trying to achieve their academic dreams <laughs> right. you think yeah. ira lee is going to the nba but yeah i i can't imagine the penalty would just be a one year postseason ban like there's no what was, way what that's... was oklahoma states i know they uh, definitely had I the postseason ban i don't think it was scholarship reduction though I thought it was just like one year and some scholarship reduction. Like I that think could be. in my mind, any if if they offer like uh one, one to two scholarship reduction for three years and no postseason ban, you take that in a heartbeat personally. Oh, they they did lose okay. So among other lesser penalties, Oklahoma State will be put on three years worth of probation, uh lose three scholarships between now and twenty two twenty three, pay a ten thousand dollar fine, the men's uh it's a fine that comes out of the men's basketball budget, but then they also had the one-year ban. Okay, so yeah, that that sucks. Um, I'm totally fine. <laughs> Suddenly, I'm totally Ronnie's fine like, fight Arizona, out. fight this. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, again, I if, if 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 the plea deal was, look, just sit out next year. Just let's move on. I'm all for it because I, let's be real. This 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 year's team is not right. So if there was every year to do it, it's this year, especially with the truncated season and everything. Fine, let's move on. Um, but that but that is also my threshold. I, I have a real problem with scholarship reduction. Oh man, if they actually got into like negotiating an agreement, I don't believe that Dave Hickey would do this, but I would love him to be ballsy enough to be like, oh, you gave them a ten thousand dollar fine and three scholarships. What if I just gave you an extra three hundred grand to have it be one scholarship and see how they reacted? <laughs> just, oh, just with a straight face. I, 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 I don't know. I'd find that delightful personally. Yeah, I, I wouldn't bet on that happening. But you know, guys, between the NFL, college football, college basketball starting up soon, there's no shortage of games to watch, and with thousands of lines available on all your favorite sports and events. You can turn your game day into payday with my bookie. Have you ever done that, Ronnie? Have you turned game day into payday? Uh, I I've certainly tried. <laughs> I don't know if that counts. Well, okay, that's not that's not my bookie's fault. That's just you. I mean that everything it's is fair. there for you to succeed, right? If you're the type of guy who likes to back the big favorites, consider putting a couple in a parlay for a much bigger payout. Not only do the parlays make meaningless games exciting, although not every game is meaningless to everybody. Someone cares. But it makes those games exciting, but more importantly, they give you a chance to turn ordinary bets into a real moneymaker. Who doesn't like that? Brett apparently doesn't like that. I'm just sitting here quietly. Yeah, you're not getting excited. But guys, don't forget the underdogs, because they also have a ton of value. 
The thing we all know about the NFL is underdogs are never really dogs on Sunday because every team truly has a chance to win. And now you do, too. Game spreads, championship futures, and player prop bets. It's never too late to get in on the action and start turning your sports knowledge into actual cash in your wallet. Sign up at MyBookie, and when you do, use our promo code OVERTIME to claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. It's a bonus designed to give you a little help and a head start on your winning season. Remember, that's promo code OVERTIME for you to claim your bonus when you make your deposit. Stack UFC cards, presidential prop bets up until next Tuesday, all the major sports and more. Sign up today to begin your winning season exclusively at MyBookie. And guys, we're talking about this NOA and what we think it could lead to. Let's talk about, after this break, what it means for the immediate future for this program, because as we've seen recruiting trail, things are still happening. So let's get into that after the break. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. So, guys, one of the things that I think we've all talked about over the last three years was this dark cloud that hung over the program. And we saw it in 2017, the first recruiting class post-investigation just totally fell apart and it wasn't good Brandon Williams loved the guy he was the best player in that class and his knee gave out but it was not a great overall recruiting class not what we're accustomed to the following class Nico Mannion Josh Green Zeke Naji, Christian Coloco it's like oh that's a really damn good class and then the newest class now this current one doesn't necessarily have the star power I know it's ranked top five in 24 like 247 it's a lot of quantity not necessarily the quality but a lot of four-star recruits there high quality guys and you mentioned it, Ronnie, Arizona. They have uh, K.J. Simpson for next season. They got the Zoni kid from back east, and they're in on some other guys too. And it seems like whatever dark cloud was there, like it hasn't lifted, yet Arizona is still finding success on the recruiting trail. So maybe until those punishments come down, I guess not maybe, obviously, until whatever punishments come down, Arizona is somewhat proceeding as normal, which is, Kind of surprising, I think, in October of 2020. It's it's very surprising, and and I mean to to add on to this too. There there was there was news today, right? Uh, Shane Noel coming out of uh, the state of Washington. That's another um, Jason Terry job. It seems like right, really working on the on the Washington area. But um, I don't I don't get it. Again, I we touched <laughs> on it in the first segment. I I just don't where it definitely now, now it's imminent, right? Before there was a lot of uncertainty. It just wasn't really, you know, you're, you're trying to separate mission misinformation from, from what could be factual. Uh, and obviously there's something there. Usually when there's smoke, there's fire, all those cliches. I get that. Um, now something is certainly imminent, right? And I guess the only thing that you could argue is that, um, you know, Arizona believes in it. And I would hate to think that, 
Oh, I hate to even throw this out there, but but just the idea that like Sean Sean Miller deep down knows what he did or didn't do, right? Mm -hmm. And so if Sean, if Sean Miller is sitting in these living rooms or on I guess today these Zoom calls uh, with these kids and their and and, and those kids' parents, um, blatantly just lying through his teeth about it, um, that truth will come out, and it, it could make for a bigger mess. But I mean. It's hard to blame the kids, especially after last year's class, right? Or, or I guess two years ago's class with Nico and Josh. You know, I mean that that could maybe be the the the, the whole uh, the the biggest part of the argument, right? Like I was Josh Green and Nico Mannion trusted it. See, nothing happened, right? Well, I guess you know <laughs> coronavirus happened, but you know we would have we would have made the tournament. We would have played in the tournament. Um, nothing, no, nothing's gonna happen. Nothing to see here. That we are so confident in the information that we've provided. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I think you touched on something right there, Ronnie. Like the fact that you hear from, you know, people that are recruiting on the on the recruiting circuit that Arizona coaches are very direct and honest with the cloud that's been hanging over them. And I think you're right. It's either Sean Miller and Arizona are, you know, doubling, tripling, quadrupling down. You know, we we talked about how he put a million dollars of his own money on the line. And I I would I would quibble with one thing. It's Sean Miller knows what he did or did not do. I think it's the bigger question is Sean Miller knows what they do or don't have as evidence. <laughs> that, that, um, that, is, that is a fair clarifier. Yeah. Um, because I, <laughs> they're sure as hell acting and doubling and tripling down on a fairly, like if you're, if you want to, if you want to take the optimistic fan take, even if you think they cheated, I think Sean Miller and, and the Arizona group think that they are going to, come out of this relatively unscathed because for Sean Miller personally not only would he lose that million dollars but boy it's you know he's not he's not like at retirement age right like go to the NBA I think he'd go be an assistant in the I mean Rick Patino pause Rick Patino is back (laughs) in college basketball and Rick Patino won national championships Patino has a track record that Sean Miller doesn't have the point is somebody would give Sean Miller a mid-major job in a heartbeat that wanted to get back. It didn't matter what Fair he point. did. Yeah. But I mean, there, it would hurt. It would set his career back considerably. That's fair. That's fair. Um, it would lose him. Not just that million dollars. He would not be seeing that kind of salary for a long time. He'd probably have to not be in coaching for a year or two, mm-hmm. then come back at a smaller school, making, you know, a fraction of the salary, uh, if stigma. he was, if he was proven to be that much of a a bald faced liar to all these recruits, like because you, it's it, you have to overcome that on the recruiting trail, right? Like, you know, there's a certain level of trust, if you want to call it that, in the uh, in the recruiting world, right? I'm realizing that that can we could dive into that <laughs> trust. You know, that could be a whole hour long podcast on basketball recruiting. Patino is the biggest scumbag that we know about to ever coach college basketball. That we know about <laughs> that. We know about there's more. It's just like the politicians. There's tons hey, out there, but it's yeah. Rick, Rick Patino had a great time taking his team out to restaurants. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, we've, we've heard he's had a lot of fun in restaurants. Yes. Um, so like, I guess my point is if 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 you're if Sean Miller has clearly been able to go out on the recruiting trail and convince a lot of four and five star type guys uh, that he knows what is the most likely outcome with the NCAA and he's pretty darn confident in it 
and going and that's notwithstanding the the you know the press conference that he came out that was where he was pretty fiery and very direct about it when and he took that million dollar you know clause in his contract so it's you know well that's a that's a lot of times to be pushing the chips all in to to not feel pretty confident in the answer Um, it just gets to the point though where you you can't there's a point of no return Mm -hmm. and it that that point happened a long time ago honestly probably even up until the point think of it this way too he was investigated by the fbi the point of no return was really if you're lying to the feds that that's a huge deal so really anything that happened thereafter means you are 100 percent. the chips are 100 percent in the middle of the table and you cannot turn and back would sean miller have if he was paying players would that have been a federal crime like if the fbi oh. interviewed him and that came out so he could have told them yeah i did that and that's not a crime they're not going to do anything and they could come out in the media and say i never done that and until it's proven otherwise but that's just it with Sean. Like Arizona for the last three years has backed Sean Miller, even through a time where his record hasn't necessarily warranted it, right? If they wanted to get rid of Sean Miller, they've had ample reason and time to do so, and they haven't done it. So they're really confident in their coach. And to Miller and his staff's credit, like I like the assistant coaching staff he's put in there. Jack Murphy's one of my favorites. Love bringing him on board. But I do wonder if Arizona hadn't been able to recruit the way they have the last couple of years, if, if the school would have made a move. Because I would have been a sign that whether Miller was guilty or not, it's over. You know, because like like Brett, you were saying, like if he keeps bringing in four and five star recruits, it means it's still working. That like he can still do that, and Arizona can still be an elite program. That hasn't stopped. And whatever Miller's telling these kids and their families now, it's one thing maybe with last year's commits. They're like, well, whatever's going to happen, it's not going to affect our season. So we're going to be one and dones anyway. I don't know if Najee was planning on being a one and done, but they came thinking they're going to be in, they'll be out, and nothing's going to affect them. But the recruits they have this season, a lot of we're looking at them saying they're going to be multi-year guys, most of them. It would, in theory, affect them. Now, that doesn't mean they couldn't just go pro, some and go back home to Europe and go pro there if they decide that was what they wanted to do. But it really is interesting because I don't, I don't know if what we have seen gives us an insight into what actually has gone on. So in terms of like the investigation, whatever penalties might happen, because the way Arizona has proceeded, it's proceeded as if they're going to be absolutely fine. And it's shown on the recruiting trail. And maybe they're that naive. Maybe they're that just overly confident in what they have. But whatever it is, like people are buying it. And the negative aura that surrounds the program is more within the fans and the media. Players don't say they didn't get Zaire Williamson, right? There's some four and five star recruits they didn't get, but that's how recruiting works. You don't get everybody. Yeah. And they still built a class, and they're still adding to next year's class. So, like, whatever they're doing, it's working. And it does maybe give you a possibly false sense of, a false sense of confidence that maybe they're right. Like, maybe they do have the smoking gun that says they didn't do anything wrong, that Book Richardson was going rogue, and Mark Phelps actually didn't do anything wrong. Like, maybe they do have that, just based on how they've gone about their business the last three years. But... Of course, that doesn't mean that they're not going out and lying to kids. It doesn't mean they're not going out and saying, okay, well, you're going to be gone by the time this stuff comes down anyway, so you might as well come play at Arizona. We'll coach you up. We'll send you the NBA, and that, you know, that'll be that. Like, it doesn't tell us everything, but I think it might tell us something. I guess maybe it tells you what you want to see. Well, question for you guys. You know, we talked about how they go into this independent review process, right? And we talked about how – you know, Ronnie brought it up initially, and I think he's totally right. If you went through a normal appeals process, the 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 scope of lack of institutional control 
in the hands of the NCAA is very broad, right? Mm-hmm. It can go a lot. It can, the, the the high and low of the outcomes of that can be is literally subjective to the NCAA. Is that going to independent review? That that separate panel does that mitigate that uh, that kind of gray area? Because if your Arizona isn't not not guilty and not innocent means probably lighter penalty, right? In in terms of that versus if you went the NCAA appeal route, is that is that basically their strategy? I I I I, so. I don't I don't know. I mean, so in answer to your question, I, it seems like it should eliminate some of that gray area because this now becomes a very black and white issue. The panel will rule on this, and that is it, right? That that's final. So no matter what they say. Um, that's it. Now, I guess we don't necessarily know what the parameters are, and we would hope that that gray area is eliminated. But obviously, I mean, we don't necessarily know, and I don't even know really what comes out of that, or you know, like what 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 information is released from that process anyway. What's made public? Um, the other thing too, it's like all these other schools took this route, so I understand why Arizona would take this route as well. It's just, you know, I I, you I, want I guess it to be it's over like, with. You want to yeah. rip the bandit off and be done. Like, I, I do. I, I do for sure. And that's where it's also like, I, I don't understand why. Um, well, I mean, I guess I understand why, why. Well, again, this all goes back to this moment. All of this is much bigger than Hiki. So basically, if Sean Miller says, no, Dave, we're not going to take this. <laughs> Dave says, all right, Sean. Well, I guess we'll go to the independent resolution panel. And here we are, like everybody else. I was I was imagining uh, not to go Dickensian, but I was imagining Dave Hickey going to the NCAA and being like, "Tis a far far better thing I do today," <laughs> as he goes and offers Arizona up as the sacrificial lamb. <laughs> We're bringing the Dickens content, Adam. Uh, this is a, this is a hell of a show we got going here. <laughs> but, but but that's it though. With this whole independent review thing, there's no appeal after that, as far as I understand it. it. Like whatever they no, do, no, you're, whatever you're they right. decide. That's it. So if you're Arizona and you're putting all your eggs in that basket, you're either supremely confident in your evidence and your side, or you're supremely confident that the NCAA is so damn corrupt that whatever this independent review is going to do is not going to be nearly as bad as what the NCAA would want to do. And I can understand it because I think the NCAA wants to prove a point. Whether they have the evidence or not, they want to prove a point. They want to make an example of Arizona. But Arizona for the last three years has found a way to not let this ruin the program. Now, whatever punishment could come down, in theory, might ruin the program. You know, if they lose scholarships for a few years, if they got a postseason ban for a couple of years, it may not be the death penalty, but it's hard to come back from things like that, too. Like, you're no more than a few years away from irrelevance, or at least going from elite-level program to middle of the pack, no pun intended. Like, it does, it's not, they're not that far away from having that happen. That could have happened before Miller got there, before he resuscitated the program. Question for you, Adam. Go, with all these schools going that route, and also for Ronnie, does the NCAA is the NCAA's worst case scenario be not which is worse for them if all these schools going this route get off relatively scot free or all of them get the aggressive penalty because I'm I don't think the NCAA wants to throw the book at all of them I think they want to make an example and if you have a you know who knows how many more programs are going to end up having some type of allegations come to light and you set this precedent. Do you, does that backfire on the NCAA if they like, go, if all the schools decide to go this route and they're like, oh crap, <laughs> I just I just accidentally lost twelve they, tournament teams next year. They they called our bluff. Damn it! I, I could see that because well, either way, whether if the if the independent board is harsher, 
then it's like, does the NCAA have any teeth? Like, what are they doing? And if they, if the the independent board's like, yeah, you guys really didn't do anything. Here's you're suspended for five games, and here's a ten thousand dollar fine, and that's it. Then it's always like, well, oh god, like then what's the point of them? Like it almost take removing the NCAA from the equation is probably the best thing for these programs because you just want someone who doesn't care. He's like just going to look at the facts and make a decision. When the, the NCAA has something to gain or to lose from all of this, and certainly, like I don't think they're going to gain much no matter what, unless unless the review board comes down hard on every one of these programs. I don't think the NCAA gets anything from it, and if they do come down hard on all these programs, to, to your point, Brett. That sets a dangerous precedent for the NCAA as a whole going forward. Like it's, I don't think yeah. there's a way to win. So really, I think what we're getting is they should all just be like, eh, never mind, Arizona, you're fine. Just continue on as normal. I think that's what we're getting at, right? Is that is that how we get yeah. to? Like, just let them go. I guess I'm 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 getting no? to the okay. very cynical. I'm getting to the very cynical take, and if if it starts going that route, I could see the NCAA arguing against their own case and being like, "Sons of bitches, we got to get them, you know, <laughs> go light." <laughs> like. Because it's, it's basically like they're all banding. It's I referred to the prisoner's dilemma before, and like the way the prisoner's dilemma works and the prisoner's benefit is if nobody talks, right? They're trying to play people off each other. But if they all, uh, if they were able to organize and not talk, it's it's to their mutual benefit, right? Um, and I feel like maybe that's what's happening with all of these programs deciding to go that route because, boy, it gets complicated. <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Um, you also have to wonder how egotistical this becomes for the NCAA and, and Mark Emmert and all that too, right? Because I mean, for for how long has just, have the national pundits and just in the media everywhere just just ripped the NCAA for just incompetence, inconsistency, everything? So at, at some point, you have to think like. Okay, if we are going to be recognized as a legitimate organization, as a functioning organization, um, no, like we're <laughs> we're gonna see this through. Somebody's gonna pay, and we're gonna get a win. You know, like you know, it, there was corruption. We're gonna prove it, and we're gonna make some heads roll over it. You know, I, I wonder, I wonder how much of that aspect exists in this too. They're gonna come out and take a stand for amateurism. <laughs> while simultaneously coming out for name image likeness for players. <laughs> oh god, what 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 a mess this is though. And of course, like we care deeply because Arizona's involved. And I, I would imagine the gist of where we're all at is we obviously want the Wildcats to get off with as light a penalty as possible. We understand they're probably gonna be penalized in some form, but we would like for this to be over with. And I think that's something that we have to remember too, is that this has gone on for three years and if you're an Arizona fan you're just you're just tired of it, you know, Ronnie. I think that's impacted like your belief. Just just you know, whatever the punishment is, do it, get it over with. Because we'd like to be done with it. And the media, the national media, has beaten down Arizona so much over this. And Arizona's not alone, and they're probably not the worst offender, but they have been the poster child. So everybody's just like, we're just tired of seeing the headlines, tired of seeing the articles about Arizona and Sean Miller and all that. And you just want it to be over with. But if you're Arizona, and I'll always go back to this and. Everything they've done for the last three years, the way they've backed Sean Miller, the way they've recruited, the way they've just handled their business, points to a strong belief that they, they're innocent. Or at least they're not as guilty as the NCAA, these, the NOA, would have you believe. Doesn't mean that they are innocent. <laughs> I mean, they could be bluffing. That, that wouldn't surprise me. And as Brad and I have talked many times, neither one of us believe that Arizona is perfectly clean as a program that Sean Miller is was totally oblivious to everything that was going on and is just a innocent victim in all of this. Like, no, that that's that's a stretch. And 
And the NCAA doesn't, it's not a court of law, so they don't have to prove anything. But at the same time, I am, like, I'm with you in that I'm interested to see this play out. Like, we want it to end, and I'm curious to see what it's going to look like because it's huge. <laughs> like, for the program and for college basketball, this is a really big thing. And by going to the independent review board, like, it's going to be an interesting look at how that form of justice will be, you know, levied on these programs because they're not the NCAA. They got, as far as I understand, they don't really care. They're like, hey, just tell us what happened. And we'll make a determination. So there's no egos. There's no, oh, we got to get them. It's just, yeah, whatever. You know, it's like arbitration type of thing. They're just there to make sure that something fair and reasonable comes from it. But I do like how for Arizona basketball, like here we are in 2020 preparing for a season that's going to start in about a month. And it's not, oh, man, that Arizona team, that program is in shambles because of what's happened. You know, this whole last three years has just dragged them down. They're now bottom third of the Pac-12. Hopefully Arizona can bounce back eventually. Like, they're still – they're not projected to be the top of the conference, but they're not a bad basketball team, and somehow that's the case. Like, would you have expected that three years ago when this all went down, and especially, I guess, in February when that Schleybaugh article came out, would you expect Arizona to be in this situation? Like, I know I didn't. That was my big fear. And that drop may still be on the horizon, but it hasn't happened yet, and the longer it doesn't happen, the better a chance maybe that it won't. I, I don't know. Like honestly, the last three years have just been. I, I, I get. I guess I'm with you in the sense of it, it's. If you would have told me, uh, actually, if you would have told me in September 2017, you know that misinformation from Slabaugh's side, you know, in September 2017, if you would have told me um, that that team would have participated in, in in the NCAA tournament, I would have said you're nuts. And, and and actually, in hindsight, maybe that would have been better than getting waxed yeah, they by Buffalo in that 40 game. Minutes, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that may have been better, but I mean, jokes aside, I mean, I, I I guess it seems like okay at that point in time, I would have thought at some point over the next three years, this would have been wrapped up. You know what I mean? Like that that yeah. that, that to me, I think, is the most frustrating part that this just continues to be dragged on. And I I, I guess well, I, I don't know. Can I ask, do you think that that is, you know, kind of, I, I think back to the Alonzo Trier uh, PED drug situation where the NCAA rules were like, you either get a season-long suspension or you get nothing. And they basically, like, I remember there was some discussion and milling about that maybe they're kind of slow rolling things with how, how they're going to treat Alonzo Trier was maybe a way of effectively penalizing him without giving him a season-long ban. Do you think the NCAA, uh, NCAA, excuse me, uses their slow walking of things as a, and leaving that cloud as a form of punishment that they know they can control? That's where I kind of go back to to the judicial system, right? Like I, I have, I've never been in these situations, but but you read about them and you you learn from others' experiences that just the financial drain, the mental drain of just the whole process and everything in itself is such a penalty that like, you know, by the end, it's just, you, you, you just have no more fighting you. So, I mean, it, it very well may be the case that very well could be the approach. And if that is the approach, I mean, that makes sense. It's just kind of sick, but like, yeah, I guess. But the NCAA is very pure of heart. They're all about amateurism, Ronnie. <laughs> Which is why I wouldn't expect it from them, Brett, I guess. <laughs> I'm shocked to find out there's gambling in this establishment. Yeah. Maybe even with my bookie. Hey. You will. 
That's a yeah. free plug for my bookie. There you go on Wildcat Radio 2.0. Guys, let's take one more break and we come back. The college basketball schedule, we know what it is for this season. Let's break it down. All right, guys, so we know there's going to be a season, or at least we think there's going to be a season now. <laughs> you know, we still see in football some issues with COVID-19, but the NCAA, the Pac-12, has a plan for basketball. The Pac-12 released its schedule uh, today. We're recording on Thursday, the 29th, and I guess it's not like football where you look at a schedule and just break it down, and it's like, oh, that's favorable, that's unfavorable, but Arizona, their first Pac-12 game would be December 2nd against Colorado at home. Then December 19th, they're at Stanford. Then December 30th, January 3rd, that weekend, they go to the Washington schools, then host USC, US, UCLA, USC, Oregon, Oregon State, at ASU on the week of January 20th and 24th. I guess it, it seems kind of normal, which is nice. It's like, hey, that's that's how this works. But I guess until we get there, it's still kind of like, yeah, I hope I hope we do. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like announcing the basketball schedule is, it, 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 when it's just the conference schedule, I don't know if there's anything to particularly break down, Adam, <laughs> uh, because it's, hey, here's here's the dates, you know, and I don't think we know enough about um, the likelihood of these starting on time. I mean, I think for if you look at the schedule, the one thing you see, you know, I think starting off with Colorado is probably not... Uh, it's probably a reasonable test to kind of get Arizona up to snuff, um, especially at home, rather than starting with one of the schools that's supposed to be one of the better ones. But especially you know, in, on, on on the road where the the, yeah. the, you know, the, the, uh, the elevation can really, really do a number. But yeah, go on. Yeah, so, but I mean, there's there's most of the non-conference schedule is basically gone, right? So uh, it's just a matter of how are you going to allocate the games out amongst the teams. Um, and, and in what order, we kind of had a sense that ASU would probably be pushed towards the back, which makes sense both from a rivalry perspective mm-hmm. and a uh, and the fact that if you believe that ASU is one of the top two or three teams in the pack, uh, you know, it could pretend, present a nice potential marquee matchup. Um, I, I did find a... I, I'm looking on AZ Desert Swarm. I, do, do you guys know why they have, like, the date ranges for, like, at ASU, January twentieth through twenty fourth, is that is that a built in? I think that's uh, just normal. They don't know. They don't know what day it's going to be necessarily. They just give you like the week it's going to be, and they hammer it out a little bit closer to the time when it would be. I don't think I that's terribly abnormal. No, it's not, and, and I, I think that's exactly right because even if you look the weekend before January thirteenth to the seventeenth at Oregon at Oregon State, that's the range of Wednesday to Saturday, and that's typical for our conference games, right? For our conference schedules. So yeah, why actually schedule yeah. things? Who would do that? Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean, uh, the one thing I will say, though, is that may I mean, typically that I, I feel like that is standard this year. Maybe they are going to try to be at the front end of these date ranges just in case of any covid scares so that there's a little wiggle room in the weekend, um, because, you know, all of this is built around the idea that the conference tournament will be played as always the weekend before. Uh, March Madness kicks off. And if you're playing this out, right, if you're drawing this out, um, that last game, senior night in McHale, that is the last weekend of the regular season. So, I mean, unless you're now going to start stretching it out into a Monday, Tuesday or whatever wiggle room can exist, there is not much room 
uh, for any postponements and anything like that, right? They don't have bye weeks also too, right? I mean, so there's just not, I, I, I guess. You have like you your know, one game really weeks know. or something like that. That's your bye week essentially. Yeah, yeah I think that you. ASU, like it's not because ASU is yeah. going to be a pushover, just because it's like, hey, you get one game as opposed to two. Yeah, and, and I think the other thing, too, it's I, I don't know what to make of the idea of there's going to be games that are canceled, right? I mean, that's just how it's going to go. Like, we're already seeing that in the Big Ten. The, the Big Ten didn't even survive, uh, you know, two full weeks, and uh, they're already canceling games just because there's no buffer in the schedule. Well, take that lesson, apply it to what we see here, and there's just no buffer in the schedule. It should also be noted that there are – six non-conference games seven so that that december 2nd game when when we host colorado leading up to that the season does kick off at home and all the non-conference games are at home uh, open up with nau on the 25th of november and then the 27th grambling and then the 29th sam houston state which that's then leads games into thanksgiving week right that's that's fine uh, yeah, i'll i'll take it and i will also take a few tune-ups right because i mean yes there are scrimmages that are, i'm sure they're taking place in uh you know in, in practice non-stop or as, at least as much as you can um but it'll be nice to to have uh, three tune-up games, if you will, before you face your first Power 5 opponent. Well, since I know Brett likes this topic so much, we could turn it. Jordan Brown won the gold jersey again. <laughs> and this this Arizona basketball team that is kind of mysterious because everyone is either new or has a new role. Jordan Brown, who was with the program last year, uh, transfer, traditional transfer, it's such a good sign to see either, I mean, either he's really, really good and it's a great sign, or the team is really bad and he's the best of a sorry bunch. I don't think it's that. So for Jordan Brown to be their best practice player, that's a really good sign. If if Jordan Brown, who was ineligible to play last season, is markedly better than God King Christian Coloco, <laughs> we're going to the Final Four. <laughs> I do wonder. Trash. I do. I, I do hope that Christian Coloco takes a step forward and, and all signs should point to he should just given the progression that we witnessed on the court last year uh, from start to finish. But um, it does make you wonder, Adam, if, if the latter of your scenarios there is simply that Jordan Brown, who was a five star you know, McDonald American coming out of high school, is just that much better than whatever other front court players we have. But, I mean, that wouldn't be a bad thing if he is that much better. Like, if he is the five-star McDonald's All-American type of player, now he's, what, three years out of uh, high yeah, school? that's true. Mm-hmm. Like, he should be really, really good. And the type of player where, Brad and I have the guard depth on this team seems solid. You know, James mm-hmm. and Kinjo somewhat proven the guys around him. Jamal Baker, Kirk Chris. Like, there's a lot of talent Terrell Brown. And the wings, there's a lot of athleticism and length there, especially with the two freshmen. But it's just what do they have down low to replace Zeke Naji, which is what made last year's team so good. They had a low-post guy who could score pretty much at will. Is Jordan Brown going to be that good? Could he be maybe a little bit better? He's older, so he might have that different experience. But this was a five-star McDonald's All-American who Arizona has, and people forget that because he played that one year at Nevada, didn't really do anything behind mm-hmm. all those veteran guys, and then set out a year. Like This could be the type of guy who everybody's like, they didn't get any five-star recruits. Well, here's one that's going to be playing for the first time this season, only more mature, you know, bigger, stronger, not your traditional freshman. Yeah, I, I, I'm not going to lie. Ronnie, I love you. Best friend, newfound life partner. <laughs> love wow. you, too. But, uh, I mean, you did kind of just take a, 
a McDonald's All-American five-star to backhand the rest of the post-player roster, which is, you know, it's like an inverse of a backhanded compliment to the rest of the guys. I think, you know, I think that, I think I mentioned it last week, that if, if Jordan, Bra- Jordan Brown helps set both the floor and the ceiling, because we have a pretty good sense of what Coloco can be. We feel pretty good about at least uh, Azulis to Bellas. Um, in terms of potentially being that kind of guy at the post, you still have Ira Lee there. Still have you know a little bit. If you think back to the last spring, it was it was you know Ira Lee and a sack of potatoes at the at the post position, and then Christian Coloco being God King, of course. Uh, and the, and now you have some honest to God potential depth there. We actually wonder where Ira Lee's going to get some minutes <laughs> potentially if the guys pan out. If Jordan Brown's as good as you know, we're hoping if Jabellis is as good as we're hoping, if Coloco has developed. You got Bacho as well. Yeah. You, right. I mean, there's there's a lot more there's a lot more depth there. And if he is out playing, you know, there's some there's some level of quantity and quality in the post position players now that you gotta think that one or two guys will emerge from that. Because there's enough talent there to know that, to to have a pretty good confidence that they're not all going to be you know a miss in terms of impact, right? So if he's emerging as the top of that bunch, you feel pretty good. At least I feel pretty good about what that tells you about uh, wh- where the, the both the floor and the ceiling for this year's team is. I really has got two years to figure out his minutes, <laughs> so that's fine. Uh, I you know. I, that's that that's true i i guess my problem and this is something that we've seen over the last couple of years now actually probably really the last three years i guess if you want to consider deandre Ayton, uh then i really was a part of that class too but um just this idea of first year players granted of course uh jordan brown practiced with the squad last year you know he was immersed in the system uh, Kinjo also, you know, spent half, half the year, uh, in the program. That's fine. Um, at what point, I mean, basketball is a game of chemistry. So, um, all of these first year players, I understand, I mean, talent can be through the roof. We saw last year, um, as talented as, I mean, maybe one of the most talented teams that, that Sean Miller has ever had. Um, the chemistry just wasn't there. I mean, it was also another issue if they were overall pretty soft, but that's another discussion, I guess. But again, just the chemistry was not there. So I, you know, I like this idea of depth, front court, back court. There's plenty of that on the wings. There, there's plenty of depth. It's just, and now with the truncated schedule, are we going to be able to shake this out to where we find the right matches, the right pairings of, of which units work best together? Right. So so many questions. It's it's not a lack of talent on this team, though. I think everyone. It's not, which that. is good. And yeah, maybe and that's it's fair. a lack of time. And depending on how long these players will stick around in Tucson, they might have that time to go. Like I wrote a thing for Desert Swarm, AZ Desert Swarm. I think they're underrated, and I think it's a good place to be for this team and this program right now. Mm-hmm. That it they're not going to struggle. I think do a lack of talent. It might be a lack of experience. And Sean Miller did say it's his least experienced team that he's ever coached. But that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be bad. Right, there are plenty of teams. What was it? Uh, Duke had their five freshmen. They were pretty inexperienced that year, and I know they didn't win the national championship. They were pretty damn good, you know. So experience doesn't mean you're going to be good, but it helps to have. It's nice to have experience, but you can win without yeah. it. And this team, a lot of the European guys, they have experience in leagues that are higher quality than high school basketball in the states. So they may not have college basketball experience, but they have experience at a higher level 
than what a lot of the true freshmen or traditional freshmen from the states would have. So, like, I'm just excited because obviously Jordan Brown, being a veteran player on this team who was a McDonald's All American, who was a five star, apparently is playing like that in practice. Like, that's a good sign mm-hmm. because if he wasn't, like, that would be a disappointment because he's supposed to be that dude. But the freshmen coming in, most of them, I mean, Dale and Terry, sure, but the rest of them are not your traditional freshmen. And that could work to their advantage in terms of being able to assimilate with this roster and kind of coalesce into something better sooner than we would think. But, of course, until we see it happen on the floor, we don't know. We don't know who's going to be the alpha dog on this team. We don't know who's going to be – if Jordan Brown will be – well, it's probably James Akinjo. Brett's giving me a look. Like, it's probably <laughs> Akinjo. But we don't know how this all fits together where when they need one shot or when there's a possession where they're trying to put the game away or how that's going to work, how many guys they can rely on. Do they have the shooting, the outside shooting, right? We don't know that. But it seems like they have plenty of options to make it work. Now, is Sean Miller good enough coach to to get them to play at their highest level? There's questions about that a lot of people have. But the roster itself, I think, is one of the more, on paper, deeper rosters than they've had in a long time. Like, I don't see any flaws, but I also don't necessarily see anything that says, yep, that's why they're going to be great. Like, we have to see. Yeah, I think Ronnie's point on chemistry is well taken. And I think a fundamental flaw of last year's roster was there was guys that were there for one year and they wanted to get their 15 shots a game up and that showed up. And I don't know if you guys saw the the Sean Miller quote talking about the European guys, uh, talking about how much they appreciate everything that the program and Tucson and everything has to offer and literally called it a breath of fresh air. Beautiful. I don't think that's not... I don't think that's not a dig at <laughs> some players of the past, perhaps. Um, and and that's what gives me a little more confidence. Lord knows I already have a, my next man crush is on Kirk Harissa. I think he's going to actually be the guy that, like, is that feisty chemistry kind of guy that, like, is some scrappy little SOB that actually helps you do the little things to win games. The next uh, TJ? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like, I think the way the roster is built, I think it, I think I said last week, it's more of a ball of clay for Sean Miller to maybe mold in his image rather than to try to, you know, throw a saddle on somebody that's trying to be a one and done guy. Right. Um, and I, I think, and you can, you can look back to Miller's time at Xavier where maybe he was more of a developer and like. I, I think there's an argument to be made he's better at molding a, a a ball of clay than he is with, you know, maintaining a, a statue that's already been made, right? I mean, we say um, that, but he did take those statues, you know, Aaron Gordon, Stanley Johnson, you know. The, he, he He's had success with five-star guys, one and none. So it's just a matter of the, getting the right ones. And Man, Adam, you really, missed the op- good. you really missed a good statue joke at Caleb Tarzuski's expense. I, mean, I just lobbed it out for you. That's different. <laughs> You know, that know. is Bill Walton's job, by the way. <laughs> I know he's a statue. He wasn't going anywhere, Adam. That's but, the point. <laughs> but I think what this does point to, though, is it's a different it's a different approach for the program, whether it was intentional, like they plan on doing it this way or it's just kind of they had to do it this way. It is a different approach to the roster. It's not the one and done guys will look at this team and say, well, this is their only chance with this this squad because no one's coming back next season. Like they're replacing eight guys from last year's roster. Like, that's a lot. That's not going to be the case for next year. So it's just as we watch them, and Ryan, to your point about will they have that time to grow and become that team without the non-conference just being a weird season, this whole season kind of sets up to be a growth year. Now, they're not going to bring everyone back next year. There's no way. 
you know, Brian and I have talked. Like, we expect a couple of these guys to go pro one way or another. Dale and no Terry, what. I think. Yeah, some, be, like, yeah. they're not going to bring this mm-hmm. whole roster back. But if they bring the bulk of it back, next year could be the year that's like, okay, let's go. And granted, that next year could be the one they lose the postseason. Depending Man, on that's, the and that's my goes. whole point, <laughs> bringing this full circle. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah. But that's yeah, where I mean, it's I at think, for basketball, I think. I think to your point, Adam, I think the recruiting was deliberate for a couple of reasons. One is if there is a penalty of scholarships and or uh, a postseason ban, this is a roster that's built to mostly stay intact for multiple years. And I think it's also deliberate in the sense of college basketball is not the default go-to for the top players anymore. Um, for guys that are good enough to be NBA guys, they can go overseas for a year, make a quarter million dollars without it being, you know, dropped in a bag outside a car dealership uh, in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, you know, and so I think that the, the, the game and recruiting has changed in that sense. So I think it's very deliberate. Um, and I guess now it's just going to be we'll have to wait and see how what Sean Miller is able to do with that roster and how far he's able to take them. I will say uh, in terms of how deliberate it was, I, I do agree with that. Although, as I understood it with Zaire Williams, um, he definitely wanted to come to Arizona, which gives me hope long term. And this kind of then ties into the recruiting jobs that are happening now, too. But but his parents said no if if stanford gives you an opportunity you're going to stanford yeah, which who can the, argue against that you can go to the stanford of the southwest or just the stanford of stanford you <laughs> yeah. know like that that's fair like i understand you that probably got to go stanford of stanford yeah. yeah so but that that's <laughs> it's such an interesting conversation like obviously everyone listen like, thank you for listening we're going to talk about football next week because football season starts next week against utah though where that game is going to be think. played we'll see you know, like it's supposed to be in Utah, but it's possible that game may be played somewhere else. Like we don't know, depending on their COVID situation. But just with basketball, like it's I know it's an it's an interesting spot to be in for Arizona. It's not their normal preseason hype with this top five recruiting class with all these one and dones, NBA talent. You're like, yep, they're a final four team. Like no one's talking about them that way. But at the same time, we're not talking about them as the program is just a mess. It's like, OK, this is interesting. This could be fun. Let's see it play out, which I think kind of tying back to our discussion the first you know, 40 minutes of the show, I don't mind being in this position. I don't mind them not being the favorite. I don't mind them kind of having that wait-and-see approach, if only because it's way better than a program that's just terrible, that you just know isn't going to be any good. And it's also, okay, there's no pressure. Like, last season was like, oh, these guys are going to be around for this season, and that's it. You know, the DeAndre Ayton year especially had that feeling, like, oh, if they don't win it this year, and Ronnie Wade talked about it on the show when – you know, it's just like, oh, man, like, what's the program going to look like after this? Like, if they don't get it right. done this year with uh, Junior Alonzo Trier, with Raleigh Alkins, with DeAndre, and with PJC, like, if they don't do it now, they're never going to do it because this program's going to just be thrown in a ditch. You know, it's like they're not going to yeah. be able to recover from this. And three years later, they, they're probably in a better position than they were then, which is amazing. And it doesn't mean they're going to be a better team, at least not this season. But, like, they could be in a worse spot where it's – there's talent there and a chance to surprise people who have lower expectations, which I'm not saying the expectations I think are reasonable, but just mm-hmm. there's certainly an avenue to where they'll be much better than people think, which is not a bad place to be. I agree. No, I agree. Um, 
Adam, w- one last thing before you wrap this thing up. Um, we do yes, know you can in the, in replace the... Brett. That's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I would never do that. Actually, I was going to ask you about a buyout, but that, we, we can do that. We, <laughs> we can do that off. We can do that off the air. I, say, I could be bought. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but 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 in in all seriousness, and and, and to take a pause on on all the sports discussion, which has been fantastic for the last hour. Um, Obviously, Election Day is approaching uh, Tuesday, November 3rd. We do a good job, I think, on this podcast. And, you know, you guys do a great job on this podcast as well as uh, 12-pack radio of, uh, you know, staying in your lane, air quotes, right? And, and we really try to not do that. Um, Tuesday, November 3rd, for all you listeners, of course, thank you so much for listening. Um, but if you are a registered voter, please get out there and vote. It is very important to do that. Um, as an American, it is absolutely one of the many privileges that we have um, one of the many rights that we have uh, as an American citizen. So, you know, whether whether you've loved or hated the last four years, either way, this is your opportunity to get out there and um, and voice your opinion. So please do so. Absolutely. Well yeah. No, and make sure if you haven't mailed in your ballot, that's probably not going to be a good idea to do that now, especially in Arizona. Um, but you plenty can drop, of drop boxes. You plenty can drop of drop it boxes. off at a drop box. Yep. You can drop your ballots off at a polling place. If you don't do the mail-in, you know, please be safe, but get out there and vote. You know, that's something that we get to do. Like, you don't have to do it, but we get to do it. And it's the type of thing that we should really – I remember the first time I voted, I'm like, yeah, I finally get to do this. I was excited, <laughs> you know, and I got my sticker, and that's the most important thing for me. So, yeah. Yeah. Adam is easily bribed by a sticker, so we know what to do to buy him out. <laughs> I got tons of – hey, I, my, my kid's 18 months now. We got tons of stickers. Hey, what, what are you trying no to say, problem. Ronnie? We, we, we can do this we can that means i'm flush with your currency we can make this happen <laughs> oh man but ronnie did say like 12 pack radio wildcat radio 2.0 make sure you're listening to all the stations or all the shows on our networks because especially now that sports are happening there's gonna be plenty of content that you're gonna want to listen to uh download or, or make, make sure you subscribe to the show stitcher itunes spotify pretty much anywhere you can get podcasts you're gonna find wildcat radio 2.0 follow us on twitter at wildcat radio az is the handle I know Brett. You'll you'll often find Brett on that account. The funny stuff, anyway, for sure, usually comes from Brett. I think, right? Well, Brett, we take credit for the funny uh, stuff. All all of the best content comes from me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, if you have any questions leading into football season next week, because again, we're recording this on October 29th, our next show will be a football preview show against Washington. So that's exciting. And of course, once the season starts, we'll have plenty of content there. Um, leave some reviews on the show page, whichever medium you use to listen. Rate and review. We'd like that. You know, at least if it's a good review. You know, if it's a bad review, then save the review and wait for next week's episode. See if you like that one better. You know? Just uh, keep 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 pushing it off. Uh, keep pushing it off until, until you, you find one you like. You and, like then don't do it. and then you can <laughs> review us. <laughs> review us after we win a game in football. It'll be in a much better mood. Oh, that could be two years. I was going to say, that's, that's, a, that's a tough ask, man. They, people deserve to review at some point in you know, hey. the next calendar year. Arizona football remains undefeated in late October in football in 2020. And they're bowl eligible in October, which is impressive. So Wow. Yes. Great spin. (laughs) Ronnie, thanks for joining us for this big edition of the show. Again, the NOA edition. Appreciate everybody listening. Brett, good stuff. And everyone will be back next week with a football preview. But until then, remember to bear down. Bear down.